The future of health coaching. Opportunity, action, impact. Brought to you by Teleosis Institute, coaching and narrative healing. Welcome to the Future of Health Coaching Summit. I'm Reggie Mara, Creative Director at Teleosis Institute. And on behalf of our Executive Director, Dr. Joel Kreisberg, and myself, thank you for joining us for today's conversation, Mindfulness and Coaching, Leveraging Emerging Neuroscience to Create Change. I'm happy to introduce today's guest, Dr. Ruth Wollover. Ruth is the Director of Vanderbilt Health Coaching, Research, Practice, and Education through the Vanderbilt University School of Nursing and the Osher Center for Integrative Medicine. She is also an associate professor of physical medicine and rehabilitation with a secondary appointment in psychiatry at Vanderbilt School of Medicine. A clinical health psychologist with 22 years of experience designing, implementing, and evaluating behavior change programs for medical patients and those at risk for chronic disease, Ruth is a nationally recognized expert on health and wellness coaching and one of the elected leaders of the National Consortium for Credentialing Health and Wellness Coaches. Prior to joining Vanderbilt, she was the founding research director for Duke Integrative Medicine and an associate professor of psychiatry at Duke School of Medicine. Ruth is, an, is a national leader in the study of mindfulness-based approaches to self-regulation and lifestyle change, as well as innovative treatments for medication adherence, insomnia, tinnitus, and other stress-related disorders. Welcome, Ruth. Thank you, Reggie. That's very nice. I appreciate that kind introduction. Ah, you're very welcome, Ruth. So with that topic of mindfulness and coaching, I'd, I'd like to jump in with a question that arises from an observation I've made, albeit a casual observation. I think it warrants a closer look. Um, my own introduction to mindfulness began in 1993, first with reading and then with in-person contact with both John Kabat-Zinn and Thich Nhat Hanh. And it seems as though in 2016, as you and I are speaking, mindfulness, both the word itself and various iterations of its practice, um, have made their way to the front page of major newspapers and news magazines, um, into school systems, into the corporate world, into the health and healing worlds, um, and probably in a lot of other places that I'm not thinking of or mentioning right now. And that uh, proliferation of mindfulness seems like a good thing. And I'm wondering from your perspective, if in fact what is being proliferated is the mindfulness that you spend a lot of time working with and teaching, um, if it's a watered down version of it, um, and if it in fact, uh, well, I think it is a good thing, but I just, I'm really curious about your take on this uh, appearance of mindfulness in, in many quarters of our lives in 2016. Yes, it's such a great question. And 1993 was a good year because that's when I was also introduced to mindfulness. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, so it's, um, I think it's exciting on a lot of fronts. Um, I think the one worry which you, you know, kind of allude to is that as it gets disseminated and spread, there is a risk of it being misunderstood or kind of watered down, if you will. I think the strongest risk is that um, mindfulness is really, it's a way of being and, and um, practicing it shifts how you view the world, how you experience things. 
And to me, the risk is that people interpret it as a cognitive thing, like a knowledge thing instead of an experiential skill kind of related thing. So the risk is that if people think of it that way, they may like take a single mindfulness course and then think they're ready to teach other people. Um, And then people without profoundly, you know, without deep personal practices or or profound experience in it, then are guiding others. Um, So that worries me a little bit. And I'm, I'm, the places that um, are disseminating uh, really solid programs have very careful qualifications around their teachers, you know, and they make sure that they are indeed um, highly experienced, which I think is uh, important. You know, on the positive side, the things have to get to the so-called sort of tipping point, you know, before they become um, really widely used and accessible. And that's what moves them into so many different dimensions. And mindfulness is has application all over the place. So, you know, you have to get to this point before you start seeing it in which we are seeing it now, right? In schools, in the military, in business, and you know, it's been in academia for a while and clinical settings.